Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm here with my co-anchor and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Yay, the Wednesday night update show. We kind of love this night, don't we? Yeah, well, I love going live. I think our lives are really fun. I do, too. Well, it's because we have awesome chatters and uh, and and post chatters, you know, that come in later that maybe miss the live stream, but still have something to offer. It's just really fun to be here with you guys. So it is, of course, uh, the Wednesday night update show. And yeah, we are overjoyed to be here. I hope that you guys are all doing well. And staying warm, and it seems like most of the bad stuff has passed. At least I hope it has. It hasn't been bad here at all. Yeah. No, we've actually had sunshine. So yeah. Hopefully that's true for everybody else. Yeah. Well, Christy, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm I'm really doing well. I'm I'm spending a lot of time weaving bracelets. (laughs) Yeah. You showed me what you're doing. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. So I'm having a good time with that. And of course, you know, research, lots and lots and lots of research. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, me too. It might look like sitting on the couch watching Netflix, but it is actually research. (laughs) It counts. That's what I'm saying. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. It does. Absolutely. Well, and reading and tracking stuff down and wondering and asking ourselves questions and trying to answer those questions. And yeah, right. So much so, you know, we just did the uh, Night Stalker. Yeah. Just released that case last night. And oh, my gosh, you know, just the the psychological aspect of that case is so weird. And yeah, just really has had me in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Most especially because we're doing a case that's kind of similar for Patreon. I the similarities blew me away. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. I thought, did the Night Stalker know of the Night Caller? Did the no. Night Stalker reincarnate? He didn't. They were on the planet at the same time, but yeah, I just it's or crazy. even on the same continent, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, but yeah, we're doing the night caller who is Eric uh, Edgar Cook. This is a an Australian uh, serial, serial killer, killer from from um, the sixties. Yeah, and and I'm just going to say this. This is just a teaser. Even though he was um, he was uh, hung by the state, mm-hmm. he is probably the luckiest serial killer I have ever seen. And yeah. I'll have to see, listen to the case to see why. Yeah. But, you know, being executed by the state uh, before that, he was damn lucky. No, you'll see why. Yes. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Story. Yep. So that'll break in Patreon tomorrow. Yep. Yes. Second Patreon of the month. Yeah. So, and if you're not a patron and you want to see that and our coverage of John Bonet and the disappearance of Agatha Christie and so many other cases, just yeah. go over to Patreon, search for True Crime Paranormal, and become a patron. We appreciate that a yeah. lot. It helps us a lot to have that little extra boost to it pay for does. the software we use and the podcasting. We're uploading so many shows now. Our podcaster is outrageous. We yeah. don't care. We're happy. So, <laughs> yeah. 
we're good. We're going to keep doing it. And we mm-hmm. appreciate it. It's also fun just to think about what we're going to do specifically for Patreon. Like, yeah. We like to yeah. Fun Try stuff. to do special things. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, hello to Innocuous and Patsy and Misty and Ember. Glowing Ember said you did a great job on the Night Stalker. Thank you. That was a very interesting cave. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yep, yep. Thanks for that. Yeah. And yeah, if you're a part of Spirit School, last night we did a three-card oracle spread class. And that was awesome. If you want to be a part of Spirit School, just go over to our YouTube page and click on the membership button and you can just join. It's $15 a month. You know, you won't get classes from us for cheaper. Well, ever. That's insane. But mm-hmm. we're building a community here and we want you to be a part of it. And so that's how to do it. And then you'll get a guided imagery meditation once a month and two classes. And we do them all by live stream. But of course, you can go back and watch them anytime you want, you know, if you're a member. Right. So that's how it works. Hey, Carly. Just so good to have you guys here. Yeah. Yes. Well, all is well in my world, too. It's been so sunny and beautiful. It's cold mm-hmm. as hell. It was two degrees when I put my little boys out to pee this morning. They couldn't believe it. That's chihuahuas. <laughs> not your, not your actual children. <laughs> I always they, they can my, be in the house. They're allowed. <laughs> yeah. I always call on my little boys, and then I think people probably think, you know, wonder what the hell this woman's doing. That's my little boys. Yep, yeah. not impressed with having to pee outside in two degree weather, but you know, right. it's what it is. But. Uh, <laughs> anyway but it's been gorgeous the sun is shining yesterday we took a drive i just went i just needed this sunshine so we went and uh, got some food and took a drive and just uh really sucked it up it was awesome we're really nice. we're in that funny time of year where we still have cold and snow but it's lighter a lot longer and we're getting a lot more sun like my husband right. pointed out the sun is at the point now that it breaks over our house in the mornings and we get more sun into the backyard, the snow on the back of the house. The ice is all starting to melt and run off. Yep. yep. It's coming. It is. It is. We have, we have a bare spot in our yard next to uh, one side of the fence. And oh my yeah. gosh. Well, and cat, the dogs are so happy. I almost said that. Yeah. My, cat. my cats don't go outside. The dogs are loving it. So yeah, it's great. It is. Yeah, the pigs today out by the back, our back uh, gate, we have a wooden fence on the back of our property and or the back of our yard. And they, the pigs were out there today. Scott looked around all of a sudden. He went, oh, my God, where are the pigs? Because, you know, they're like toddlers. You better know where they are and what they're doing because they're definitely yeah. screwing you over in some way. <laughs> mm-hmm. I went, I don't know. And I looked out through the back uh, window and they were clear out at the back of the yard uh, where there's no snow under it. There's pine trees there against the fence. And they were just stretched out in the sun. They slept out there for about an hour. Nice. Yeah. It was so nice. Then pretty soon they came wandering in like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> Scott is training them. We're trying desperately to train them to wear a harness. When we got these pigs, everyone else was putting their pigs in harnesses and taking them for walks. and. You know, we were never successful with that. As piglets, if you put a harness on them, they would bite you so hard and make you bleed and freak out. And it was not happening. But the older they get and the older we get, uh, and our kids are all moving away, we want to be able to travel a little more. And these idiots need to come with us or something, you know? 
So we're trying again. So I should have made a video for you guys. You would have died. But he's slowly training the pigs with a harness. So he holds the harness out. It's a different kind. It's not, it's a little different. It pinches up under the legs a little bit if they pull. Because uh, mm. these guys are ridiculously strong, right? So yeah. he holds the harness out. And he, right on the other side of where the head goes in, he's holding a mini marshmallow. And they have to <laughs> stick their head in the harness to get the marshmallow. And then he lets him eat the marshmallow. And then he takes it back off. And then he let have, gives him another marshmallow for letting him take it off. And then he goes to the other pig and does the thing all over again. Oh, my gosh. It was funny till one of them stomped on my toe. And then I thought I would die. <laughs> I've ever had a big dog that stomps on your toe. You know what I'm talking about? A hoof? Mm -hmm. Oh, good God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah. But by the time of the end of this, like, 15-minute training session, the pigs were both, you know, full of uh, mini marshmallows, which is really probably not that good for them. But uh, but they both were actually putting the harness over their head pretty nicely. Now, that's mm -hmm. not putting their legs through it and doing it up. This is first step. They are extremely suspicious. So anyway, <laughs> I will let you know. We'll see. I, please take some He is being super nice about it. I think you oh, could good. just about get his legs in, but we decided not to rush him, you know, and just kind of take it one step at a time. Mm -hmm. How big are the pigs now? The pigs weigh about 60 pounds. Their heads are, I mean, they're not super tall at the shoulder. Mm -hmm. Their back is probably adjacent to my knee and I'm short, you know, mm -hmm. but they're compact mofros, you know, mm -hmm. they're really thick. Yeah. And, yeah. So anyway, hopefully, you know, in the next while we'll actually have them to where we can put a harness on them and let them wear it for a little while every day. And then yeah. we'll have to try attaching it to a leash and uh, see what kind of melee ensues. But <laughs> we'll see. anyway, so that's, what's new around here. Just piggy training. Or us getting trained by the piggies. That's more like <laughs> yeah. it. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I hope, thank you, Carly. I hope it is too. It would be really nice. Our thought is that we could sell our fifth wheel and buy a little motor home. And actually travel with the pigs. So that we could go to where our kids are a little more. And like this spring, yeah. our son has like three home football games. And our daughters have birthdays and softball tournaments all over. And like we're going to be out a lot. It would be really neat if they could just come with us, you know? Yeah. But we'll find out. <laughs> Maybe not this spring, but yeah, we'll see what the summer brings. So yeah. anyway, well, we do have, oh, can you imagine taking your pigs for a walk around town? You know, that was part of the problem because when we got Fiona, our little sow, when she was really little, we could get a harness on her with a struggle. And a leash, but we tried taking her places and we kids wouldn't leave her alone. And it scared her so bad. They'd run up to her and we'd say, She don't pet, please. She's not friendly. I mean, she'll bite and draw blood. So when you have a toddler run up there, you're like, Oh my God, you know. <laughs> I don't think she'd do that now, however. But when she was little, holy, and we have scars. <laughs> yeah. So we had an incident in a park where some kids ran up to her. She kind of got wrapped around a pole and I couldn't get a hold of her and they wouldn't back off. They were mobbing us and she ran backwards and got out of the harness and ran off and it scared the crap out of us because she could have run out into the road or, you know, a million things. Somebody's right. dog could have gotten a hold of her. Luckily, Scott was able to uh, 
he had some cheese crackers in his pocket. I, it's always food and <laughs> with them. And he managed to, you know, kind of calm her down with those and get her to let him pick her up. But yeah, that, that is my biggest problem. Yep. Yeah. But hopefully now that they're bigger, they might be a little more intimidating than a adorable life. So, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And also we really all need to train our kids not to pet people's animals without permission because yeah. True. 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 Things can happen. Yeah. They sure can. Anyway, well, we wanted to do case updates tonight, but to be honest, there aren't any. Believe it or not, nothing right. has happened in the Ballo case. There are no Mark Means updates. Weird. I know. Really weird. I don't know. He's cooking something up, surely, but we don't have it. Yeah. So we do have a solved case that we thought would be really fun to share. Yeah. Oh, Kate says her bird, Lucy, loves my voice tonight. She says, hello. Hello, Lucy. <laughs> Hi, Lucy. Oh, that's sweet. Mm, we have such a soft spot for birds. Yeah. Such a soft spot. Our grandpa, our step-grandpa, used to raise all kinds of birds. Mm-hmm. And had all kinds of, uh, like, birds that would talk and ring-neck parakeets and all kinds of gorgeous things. Mm-hmm. and we loved them but when scott and i were first married we actually had a pet store and we had lots of birds and we just really grew to love them they always liked scott more than me though always we had a blue and gold macaw that was absolutely in love with scott and she did not like me she was jealous of me and she, two of the things she would say, she'd say, stop it. And she'd say, knock it off. Not usually mm-hmm. in response to anything you were doing. She'd sit on her perch and yell, stop it, knock it off, stop it, <laughs> knock it off. And you'd be like, okay. <laughs> but she'd also yell, Stephanie, because that was her mm-hmm. old uh, family before she came to us. And then she'd look mm-hmm. around wildly and yell, where's Stephanie? Where's Stephanie? I always felt really sad about that. But anyway. Yeah. One day we had her in the truck with us and I was, we were trying to get out. I was trying to get out with her and she wouldn't let me take her out. And she was pecking at me and running up and down the seat, you know, being naughty, yelling, stop it off. Stop it off. She got confused. I always thought that was funny. She deserved it. She was so naughty to me. But <laughs> it was way funny. But ooh, she loved Scott. What? Oh, Amber says, what about uh, T. Stotch wanting to be her own attorney? Yeah, we haven't covered her that case yet. And so I don't, I haven't been following it very closely. I did hear about that, however. But I don't have any info on it whatsoever. That'll have to be one we cover later. Yeah. However, we do have a solved case. And you know, it's one of those familial DNA for the win cases. Yes, it is. This is a great one. It is. I really, really love this. So 40 years ago, there was a girl named Carolyn who lived with her family in St. Louis. And in 1981, she ran away right at Christmas time and was never, ever seen again. Well, on Valentine's Day in 1982 in Arizona, a body was found on a roadway. And she, they... It was just a Jane Doe forever. They never knew who she was. She was uh, an adolescent girl, 
they knew that much. And that was about all they knew for a long, long time. They got to, they were trying to identify her. Her case never actually, I think, went cold completely because they had her remains and they just wanted to reunite her with her family. But uh, they hung on to these remains for a really long time. At some point, they started calling her Valentine Sally. Yeah, because she was found on Valentine's Day. Yeah. And anyway, here in the last year, as DNA has gotten to be so much more prevalent, they started working with a private entity that, uh, you know, processes DNA, like some of these big labs have started doing. And they have finally been able to run down her family and identify her. Her name was Carolyn and Carolyn Eaton. Mm-hmm. And so they were, they were able to track this DNA to this particular family in St. Louis. So detectives went to St. Louis, sat down with these people, and they said, yes, we had a family member who ran away, you know, at, at Christmas time, 1981. And they said, okay, this is her. Yeah. Can you imagine not knowing for that long where your daughter or your sister went? Yeah. And then you find out she's actually been dead the whole time. Like almost the whole time. Yep. How did she get from St. Louis to Flagstaff, Arizona? They think that she was with a trucker. Yep. Yeah. Yep, they think that she was hitchhiking and was with a trucker. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Sad and scary. And I'm happy yep. for them that they know now, but I cannot imagine going 40 years yep. not knowing. Yep. Also, can I just say for anyone else who's middle-aged, does it freak you out that 1981 was 40 years ago? Right. <laughs> because it does me. I'm like, oh, Right. For sure. One's not 40 years. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is 40 years ago. Yeah. So in this case now, of course, they still have the task of figuring out what happened to her. Right. And they're still actively pursuing it. They actually have found a truck stop waitress who says that she remembers that girl. Oh, wow. And that she served her food uh, just a few hours before her body was found. I think oh my the last goodness. person to see her alive. And so they do have oh her. And so they, they do have, you know, they're tentatively working some leads. Your my gut feeling on this case is that it will be solved and it will be solved by familial DNA. Mm-hmm. I have to believe that there was DNA on her body. Yeah. Oh yeah. I 100% on that. Yep. And that they will, they're going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out. And I do also believe that she was with a trucker. That's uh, yeah, yeah. That that's that feels right to me too because mm-hmm. she she made it quite a ways in yeah. a short amount of time. She was probably in with winter. multiple truckers, you know. Yeah, yeah, because it was winter. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, but at least for her family, they know what happened to her. Yeah, and can at least have that much closure. Now, in forty years, a lot has happened. If she was, you know, 17, she was 17. I don't know if I said that, but she was 17 when she died. So that would, you know, her parents could be in their 60s, you know, or or older, but probably right in the age of 60. So they could be a lot older than that because she'd be 57. Oh, she'd be 50. Oh, yeah. What am I talking about? (laughs) 
See, I'm telling you. Math. <laughs> 81 yeah. is really 40 years ago. <laughs> you yeah. don't want to believe it. Scratch all of that. Her parents <laughs> are in their 80s. That's what. Right. <laughs> so they could still be living. The articles that I, I read, two different articles on it, they did not indicate that uh, that her parents were living or won't, but at least her siblings have that closure. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that the, the the police in this town that found that body, that they have kept this case alive this long. Yes. You know, a lot of places, a lot of um, police forces don't. Yeah. And I just think it's really cool that they stayed committed to this case for this long. Yeah. So, so often a case like this would just disappear, you know, yeah. people would forget. I think it's cool yeah. that they haven't. Absolutely. To re- yeah. remember well, and it was a huge... somebody's child there, you know? Yeah. Well, and they were, it was a huge success story for them. The police department is elated that yeah. they actually were able to not so solve the murder happen. yet, but again, they're working on it, but they were at least able to figure out who she was. Let's see. But huge again, to know I go, who she was, you know, to know who killed her. There have got to be hundreds of thousands of unidentified remains in this country. Oh, Every, sure. you know, it, just from the little ones that we've seen around, there are so many that they just haven't known what to do with. And with the DNA stuff happening now, I think more and more and more, we're going to see these cases being solved. One of the things that we discovered in this case, though, is that it is enormously expensive for a police department to have the DNA work done. Mm-hmm. They actually bought a grant that help to pay for it because it's enormously mm. expensive. That's something that needs to change. Yeah, it is. These victims of crimes, you know, or potential crimes, these remains yeah. that all these police departments have been holding for all this time with no uh, closure on, and they can't afford to do the DNA work. That cannot be right. That has to change. Yeah. It's got to, it's got to, you can't yeah. expect small police departments to, to bear that weight because then fewer and fewer of these cases will yeah. get solved. And that's not okay. We need big labs no. that can absorb the cost or I don't know, however, however it's going to happen. Yeah. It's got to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I know Idaho is one of those, trust me, <laughs> yeah. we have one lab. We have a state lab. That's all we've got. Yeah. And and it takes forever for autopsies to happen. And it, mm-hmm. you know, rape kids. Of, oh, our backlog of rape kits is horrifying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need help. Yeah. We need help because, you know, we have lots of small police forces, you know, like a lot of states do. And they yeah. just, they, they don't have the money or the manpower. We've got yeah. to have help with these things to get um, justice, get people yeah. off the streets that should be off the streets, that kind of thing. Yeah, without a doubt. Yep, that's something that we can definitely all look towards in our politicians and our choices of. That's questions we can be asking. You know, we can, as citizens, keep pushing towards better funding for this kind of work. This is the police work of the future, and it's panning out, you know. It's It's panning out. This mm -hmm. We need to all continue to keep our eye on that. Yep. Oh, it's horrible. The rape kit. Oh, it's horrible. Uh, horrible, horrible. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely much. ridiculous. And some of that is prioritizing the way that yeah. cases are prioritized is really screwed up, you know, 
because if it's violence against women, it's kind of low on the totem pole. Yeah, not okay. Sure. A lot, a lot of reform needs to happen here. Uh huh. Yeah, but I'm but, impressed with this police force that they've yes. they've fought this long to mm -hmm. identify, and, identify and they were willing to spend the money. You know, yeah, they were willing with a 40 year old body to go. Nope, this child needs to be reunited with her family. Now they yeah. were working with the Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They were working with NamUs. They were working with a, it was an interagency thing, you know, to finally yeah. get this uh, to get her identified. Yeah, yeah. So very, very cool. good stuff there. Yeah. All right, glowing ember. I have to tell you a joke. Okay. Because <laughs> that's all we have left, honestly. But mm -hmm. I just am seeing a. I see a comment she made, and it just. I'm going to tell you a joke. So the comment she made made it was about birds. Back to that, she said, "That's not so bad." My cousin got a bird that said the F word and loved using it. It was a macaw. And that reminded me of a joke that uh, my dad used to tell that I think you have to hear. So <laughs> oh, boy. I think I know this joke. Uh -huh. Now, we would never actually do this. So don't get offended about uh, animal cruelty or anything. But just listen. So, yeah. So, you know, my dad had this bird. He had a macaw as well. And he was constantly saying the F word. And he kept telling him, if you don't quit swearing. I'm going to stick you in the freezer. And he just kept swearing. And every day, if you don't quit swearing, I'm going to stick you in the freezer. Finally, one day, he'd had enough. He said bad words in front of people from church. And so that was it. And he put him in the freezer. And about five minutes later, he got to feeling bad about that and opened up the freezer. And the parrot hopped out on his hand. And he looked back in at the freezer at the turkey in there and said, what'd he say? <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was definitely a one of our dad. That was, <laughs> that was a dad joke. <laughs> yep, that was a straight up dad joke. Yep, so mm -hmm. that may or may not have been funny to anybody but us, but there you go. <laughs> but we enjoyed it. Let's just say that. Heck yeah, we enjoyed it. Yeah. So yeah, Paula says rape cases are such a low priority. It's disgusting. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, and I don't know about your states, but in Idaho... It that you'll get way more time for marijuana than you will for sexual assault. Oh yeah, way more, and for child abuse as well. Yeah. Yep. There's just oh, yeah. not much, and and in Idaho right now we've got a thing going on. We have in the last two weeks had six now mm -hmm. officer involved shootings in our just right here in yeah. southeast Idaho. Yeah, just like a four county area. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. About the one, it's just horrifying. There was a guy in Idaho Falls that they had were chasing on foot that yeah. uh, had gotten away from the police. Basically, he bailed out of a car and took off. And he was wanted for assaulting an officer as well as a few other things. And so they were trying to um, find him. And they had knocked on a bunch of doors in this neighborhood and said, you know, we think he's right here in this neighborhood. Stay in your houses. Let us know if you see him. Well, this guy, man with a family, uh, goes in his backyard with uh, with a gun. And they've been very sketch about some of the information here. But yeah. it looks, we're not sure if he went in the backyard because the police were out there. Or, you know, he went in his own backyard with his own gun because he felt like it. They're, they're real sketch about that. But he went in his backyard. He was worried that this guy right. was running around in his neighborhood. Right. And his wife and kids are in the house. And. 
Anyway, so he goes out there with his gun and a police officer sees him in his backyard and he had on a black shirt and the perp had on a black shirt and had an altercation with him and shot and killed him. Yeah. He was just a resident. Like he didn't do anything wrong. And even now, like the, the reporting on it, the police are like, yeah, you know. So, yeah, he was in his backyard and an officer saw him and we all charged into his backyard. And then something happened. We're not sure what. And then he was dead. I mean, that's basically what they told the press. It was really. Uh huh. Yeah. They were and they were saying from the uh, officer cam's footage, this is what happened. But then something happened. We're not sure what. And then this officer shot. Yeah. Like, uh, well, the cameras were rolling the whole time. Right, guys. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 They all know what happened. Uh, And then right here in Rexburg, where I live, there was an incident with an uh, in a home, not a home, in an apartment complex that is a low income complex that is mostly where a lot of disabled people live there. And a lady called the police and said that there was a man there that she didn't want there, that she was asking him to leave and he wouldn't leave. Mm -hmm. So the police went there and they told him he had to leave. And he started walking towards them and he had his hand in his pocket and they told him to stop. And he just kept coming. Um, He was an older guy, an older disabled guy. And they gunned him down and killed him. They did. Yeah. Again, they haven't said if he had a gun on him. He didn't have a gun on him. Mm -mm. I don't think so either. And, And then several others that have happened in other counties around us. It's just, I'm sure we'll be talking about more of it soon when we know a little more, but it's bad. Yeah, it is bad. It's, it shows a real lack of uh, appropriate training and don't get me impulse wrong. Control. I'm not impulse control. I don't want to drag on the police. And if you guys have family members that are police officers, believe me, we have all the respect in the world for, we have lots of family members that are cops ourselves, yeah. but these cases are pretty horrifying. They are, they are. And when you see, you know, completely unnecessary situations, yeah. this is the kind of stuff. And I, and I know it is happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just finally made its way to our area, which yeah. is, you know, we've been seeing it online for a long time, but we're, we've now seen it locally. Yeah. Um, just bizarre. So, yeah, that poor family that now has to, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Kate says that was my husband's good friend. Case in Idaho Falls. Kate, I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. There's a mom and I think three or four kids that yeah. or a wife and three or four kids now that don't have a dad. And they apparently moved here. There was an interview with his dad in the news. And he said they moved here from California to get away from yes. the crime that they were living around. Yeah. And this happens. And this happens. Right. It's just maddening. So anyway, it's certainly putting a spotlight on some of the uh, the changes that are needed. And I don't have all the answers without a doubt, but I, we certainly know this isn't right. You know? No. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Amber, I did see that uh, case from Arizona, from Mesa, where a guy is in a hotel and gets shot by a police officer while he's trying to follow his directions. Yeah. that's just the thing that's uh, there are police officers shooting for 
no reason, the wrong reason, you know, and I'm not saying that's the case in every situation, but we're certainly seeing it in a lot of situations and it's really scary. Yep. Yep. There's got to be a change. It is one of those things that we have to find a way to keep addressing and making better. Cause you know what, this isn't good for the police either because it just continues to create more division between the people and the police. Also for these officers, the the guy in Idaho Falls that shot the the guy that we were talking about, the officer is very young and he now has this to live with for the rest of his life. And Mm -hmm. I, I feel very sorry for him as well because this, that was a horrible mistake that never needed to happen. But where was the ball dropped? You know, how did this really play out? And, Those are things that we may or may not ever know about that case in particular, but at any rate, you know, across the board for everyone's wellness, this has to get better. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I don't have the answers and I am. No, I don't don't either, but, but I know know, what's right and wrong. Yeah. I, I, something has happened with the police from the time that we were kids to now where it used to be like, maim to stop someone or whatever to just shoot to kill like there's been this huge leap and where are where are tasers and beanbag guns and all that stuff you know there was a time when there were lots of ways to stop somebody without killing them and it's like all that stuff's gone and now it's just shoot to kill and i don't understand i don't know for sure when that switch happened but it, it certainly did at least here locally yeah this is not something yeah. you ever heard of. Yeah. yeah. And I agree with you, Amber. She said the majority of law enforcement are the cream of the crop. There are just a handful that give them a bad name. There's a few in every profession. I agree with you entirely. Entirely. Yeah. Yep. There now, are, we you do know, know some departments that have a horrible amount of corruption. Certain cities right. have been really known for that, unfortunately. But I agree well, with you. Most people don't go into law enforcement to kill people. That's not why they're there. Right. I mean, some do, but most don't. Well, and, you know, like here, we don't have, we have no education requirement for our police. No. And I am a huge proponent of that because I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, a a bachelor's degree prior to becoming a police officer in criminal justice or social work or something is very helpful in making you a better cop. And, and you're right. You know, our police are militarized. They have all of this military stuff now mm-hmm. that they didn't used to have. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was reading an article with a guy that was a beat cop in Brooklyn in the seventies. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even have a gun. He said he didn't even have a gun. He said he had a baton and he had cuffs. Mm-hmm. And he said, he you think of a couple of times that that baton was ever even pulled out. He, he, right. he said, I don't understand what's happening now. You know? Yeah. That this is what's going on. But I, that was still a day and age, though, that the local police officers were were friends of the right. community. You know, they were friends of the community and they knew people and, and people knew them and they were out and about and people came running when they were, needed help. You know, it's just things are very different now. And, you know, again, really not trying to turn this into a political program in any way, you know, but I, I think we can all agree that we just want our communities to be safe and we want citizens to be mm-hmm. safe from, you know, unlawful shootings uh, on any side, you know, and yeah. just that we can all identify places that we can have some change. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Well, again, the things that we do as citizens, the way we vote, the, the way the things we push for, the things that we involve ourselves in, we shape our communities and we have to be aware of it and continue to shape the communities we want, you know? Yep. It's very true. And we can all do that. It doesn't matter who you, you know, what, if you're red or you're blue or purple or none of the above, that doesn't matter. We all have a responsibility to ourselves, to our families and to our communities to be involved and aware and to follow our own conscience and what we believe is right. Yeah, most definitely. This is one of those times. Well, it's always important, but I feel like it's even more right now. Yeah, for sure. That's true. Kat says she thinks that uh, social media has helped expose a lot. I think that's true as well. Yep. That we just, we see a lot more now. Yep. And someone else said the cop cams are a great addition. The body cams. That's made a huge difference. And dash cams too. They're not required here. And that's a huge problem. Some officers wear them by choice. Mm -hmm. um, But slowly our department's requiring them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's all we've got. But I think it is. Yeah. We will be back tomorrow night with the Psychic Hour at 7. We want to thank you guys for being here. Again, if you're a patron, watch for a new case dropping tomorrow. The Night Caller, not to be confused with the Night Stalker, but maybe to be confused with the Night Stalker because yes. the similarities are bonkers, but we'll tell yeah. you all about it. Uh, and that's what we've got. We've had three great cases already out this week. Make sure that you take a hold of those as well. And thanks so much, mm-hmm. you guys, for being here. This is True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Have a good night, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.